name. Thanking you for your son Jesus. The precious blood that has been the appropriation for our sins. That paid the price for our sins, Father God. That has allowed us today to be in right standings with you, O oh God. And so, Lord, as we, as he is the bread that came from heaven as, his, as your word says, that he is the bread of life, Lord God. We pray that you will break him with us today, oh God. Give us more of the bread that comes from heaven right now. Fill us up, Lord God. Open our hearts, Father God, and pour forth your word in such a way that just as we sing the song, that it changes us today, oh God. That it rearranges us, Lord God, that we will never be the same. And if anyone in this place agrees with that and have a desire for that bread that comes from heaven on this morning, let us say in the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Glory be to God. Yes, he is worthy. We ought to give him some praise right there. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. If you will, turn your Bibles with me to John, St. John, chapter 3 on this morning. St. John, chapter 3. And as you get your Bibles there, uh, let me just start by saying this, that John, chapter 3, is a, is a, is a uh, passage of Scripture that we all are also familiar with, especially as you get down to verse 16, where it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Not only us in this sanctuary or those that may be viewing by way of social media but the world knows John 3:16 the reason why i say that the world knows it because if you look if you watch the tv you watch some of the baseball games you see signs of John 3:16 so John 3:16 has been broadcasted across all nations all the world for all men to know that God sent forth his son that Jesus that if we believe in Jesus, come on somebody, that the word of God has given us an assurance that we shall not perish, but what? But have everlasting life. Amen. So John 3, uh, chapter 3 is a powerful scripture that includes that. But you know what? It includes so, so much more even leading up to that. There in, as the John 3 the chapter 3 from the beginning it starts with a story that some of us may also be familiar with of the man that came to Jesus by night this man according to the word of God was called Nicodemus and this is where we want to start because there was something that in Nicodemus coming to Jesus by night in there that Jesus said unto him and, and that thing that Jesus said to him is happens to be the title of our message today and that is like this we must be born again we must be born again so let's get to it but I'm gonna start at verse 1 because it says like this in verse 1 St. John chapter 3 that there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews this man came to Jesus by night and said to him rabbi we know that you are a teacher come from God for no one can do the signs these signs that you do unless God is with him and then we see in verse 3 Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless a one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I'm just going to stop right there just for a second, my friends, because, you know, there, we live in a time right now that uh, a clear, there must be a clear understanding 
of just what Jesus was sharing with this uh, man. And see, Nicodemus wasn't just any man. Let us understand the background of Nicodemus being the man. He was a man of the Pharisees. Uh, in there, he was uh, up one that, that you could consider uh, you know, uh, the rulers of the Pharisees is what the word of God says. And he coming to Jesus by night was uh, spoke a sign that um, because many let me just give you some background see in at this time the 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 rulers of the the Jewish people called the Pharisees in there uh, these people would meet with just regular people it would be later on because during the daytime they would be doing what they do and then if they was going to meet with some people you know just the lay people then it would be at night time and see here, G, uh, Nicodemus coming to Jesus at night had all to do with probably because he didn't want his fellow cohorts to know that he was visiting this uh, layman uh, because he wasn't a part of them as Pharisees, as the rulers of the Jews, but we know who he is. He's not only the ruler of the Jews, but he is the king of the Jews. Come on, somebody in there. So Nicodemus kind of in the crept at nighttime to see Jesus. But it's interesting because the question that he asked or the statement that he made to Jesus first and foremost spoke uh, like this. He says that we know that you are a teacher come from God. But what Nicodemus didn't understand is that Jesus was not a teacher come from God, uh, that he was God coming to teach. See, Nicodemus, he wanted to engage in this conversation with Jesus uh, from a theological standpoint. And many of you know, if you know me, then you understand that, uh, that, that my understanding of theology, not that I'm a hater of theology, but I'm a lover of revelation. Because God has spoken and he said it and made it very clear that theology as it is the study of man's study of God's word, meaning our interpretation of God's word, and glory be to God for it. <laughs> but it will never, somebody say never. never. It will never take precedence over the revelation that comes from above, my friends. So let me say that again. Theology is our study of what God has said. It's our interpretation based on the word of God and what the best that we can figure out, Tony, what God is saying by his word and how great and admirable is that. But the spirit of the living God can reveal and has and will continue to reveal exactly what the word of God is saying, what God meant from where he sent it, my friends. In there, but uh, Nicodemus came to Jesus from that mindset. He came to Jesus wanting to have a, a, a conversation from a theological standpoint. But as you read on here, after Jesus tells him something that is most so, also important, not only to him, but even to us today, that you must be born again. To see, to enter into the kingdom, one must be born again. There's a couple things that I just want to stop right there and talk about for just a second. One, you know, the, the, just the idea of being born again, you know, in modern day times, TV, social media, and, and so some of the likes have made born again Christians to be out made them out to be like fanatics uh to say the least you know uh um you know this some weird uh part of Christianity my friends no but the truth of the matter is is that no what a born again believer is is one that is wholeheartedly given his life and his heart to God so it's not what TV has made us out, uh, what, what made a born again believers out to be so it portrayed them as some fanatics. No, a born again believer is one that has put his whole heart and his whole trust and have accepted, not only accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but put his whole heart and his life and his trust in the Lord. 
and we're going to talk about that because it's very important it's so important that it, in the major it, it's a major misunderstanding within even within the community of christian the christian culture culture today that people who attend church uh, people who like the message, people who pat the pastor on the back, and people who give into the offering are qualified to enter into the kingdom. See, this is a major misinterpretation uh, or misunderstanding where Jesus himself says that the one who will enter or see the kingdom is the one that has been born again. Why are you saying all of this, Pastor John? Because there, even from way before time, uh, before Jesus even came, the word of God, if we go back even into the old covenant, the God used prophets to prophesy of the coming of the Messiah. So this was no secret to the Jewish people. Matter of fact, it was in their, 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 their word. It was a part of their law and their prophecy. In there, so all of them was privileged to the coming king, and not only were they privileged to knowing that there was a coming king, they were awaiting and anticipating a coming king. But what we do understand is that their idea of the king coming was one that was not unlike the reality. See, their thoughts of the king coming was one that he was going to come and he was going to set them free from the tyranny of the Romans and or any government that was uh, that was over them at that time, and that he was going to set his king them up on earth right then and right there and set them free and put them in the rulership as uh, the world ruler but we know that that's not what Jesus came to do we know that that's not what he came or uh, what he actually did yes he came and he, he became the king but it wasn't in the way that they thought or what in the way that they were anticipating this must be born again is vital to the culture or to Christianity, to our understanding today. And that's what God wants to speak to our hearts about this morning, my friends. Because, again, because there is a major, somebody say major. There's a major misunderstanding about in the, the, the Christian culture or about the church in, 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 in the kingdom of heaven, in, in, in salvation period. In there, even to, like I said before, that those that just by coming to church or those that, you know, like the message, those that give into the offering, those that regularly attend church, that that somehow puts you into the kingdom of God. Well, we must pay particular attention to what Jesus said because and so what's the difference here why are we going to focus on what Jesus said well God used throughout scripture he used many different men as he wrote the word of God and, and to, 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 to minister about salvation he used Paul in the book of Romans that says Romans chapter 10 9 10 that you but if, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord that you shall be saved in there so he and he used John he used Mark he used uh you know Matthew he used many uh, other writers he used Peter to to talk about what salvation is and how we must obtain it you know in there but even in all that they said it's all summed up in what Jesus says so we and, and, and so Jesus here in John chapter 3 is probably one of the few times or if not the only time in scripture where Jesus addresses uh, how one must be saved. He came to save, but he never went about bragging on himself as the savior and even laying the discord of how to become saved. But here in John chapter 3, as the man Nicodemus came to him by night, Jesus made it very plain. And very clear. I say that to lay as a foundation for us this morning, my friends, that we must pay particular attention to what Jesus said about salvation, about everlasting life, about entering into the kingdom. So when we look at what he says that one must be born again, then we need to know what born again actually is. Can I get a witness there? Let us talk about that. 
Jesus got with Nicodemus again, like I said, he came and he wanted to have this abstract theological uh, discussion regarding Jesus' identity. But that was not what was needed. Jesus got to the heart of the matter, Nicodemus, which was Nicodemus' spiritual condition. See, Jesus got to the heart of the matter with Nicodemus because he addressed his what? His spiritual condition, telling the Pharisees that they must be born again. If you go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, let us take a look. Now here is God using even the writer Peter in an expression of being born again. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 says this, having been born again, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. I'm just going to stop there for just a second my friends because when we examine what Jesus was saying that one must be born again there's some key elements that we must understand let me read a little bit further in John chapter 3 we're going to go back and forth so Mark 1 Peter chapter um, chapter 1 and then John chapter 3 we're back at John chapter 3 and Jesus said, it goes on to say in verse 4, Nicodemus said to him after Jesus told him that you, unless you are born again, you cannot enter or see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again when he's old? How can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born and Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of spirit, he cannot enter. Come on, somebody. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So. Gain this understanding. God is teaching us something today, so just bear with me because what born again meant is that you have to be born of water and of the Spirit. What is water? See, water represented in the Old Testament the Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. See, water here was a representation of the Word of God. So what was Jesus telling Nicodemus? That you must be born of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So what does that mean? See, what, what does he mean by you must be born of the Word of God? Well, if we look back in 1 Peter, you marked your Bibles there. I'm going to read verse 23 again. Having been born again, now we're going to get a clear understanding of what that means. Not by corruptible seed, which is the flesh, but by incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So let me read that one more time. Having been born again through the word of God. So what is this talking to us about? This is talking to us about that we must be born, to be born again is for us to be born of the truth of the word of God from the beginning to the end. That we must be born of the truth of God's word. So we must accept the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So in this we, we can't uh, sugarcoat the truth or we can't uh, embrace half truths but we have to accept the whole truth. And who better yet to truly explain all of these things but Jesus himself. Look what it says a little bit further here in 1 Peter. Let me read it all the way through. It says, through the word of God which lives and abides forever because, somebody say because. Because all flesh is as, as, as grass and all the glory of man 
as the flowers of the grass, the grass withers and the flowers fall away. But guess what? But the word of God abides or endures forever. See, this is why you have to be born again of the word of God, because it's the only thing that's going to last forever. See, now we get into where the nitty gritty is, is in, in our understanding of the difference between that which is born of flesh and every one of us was born of the flesh. But to enter the kingdom of God, my friends, we must be born again. And that is through and of the word of God and, and, the, and endowed by the spirit of God. Here, my friends, is what this is talking about. So what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus is yet something that is so important that has this ringing true even now 2,000 some odd years ago. Some odd years later, which is today. So somebody may be saying in your, your mind right now, well, Pastor John, well, we know that we got to accept the truth of God. Well, you may know that. There's so many that have twisted the truth of God. So here again, we go back to that us knowing the, the whole truth, the truth, nothing but the truth, the whole truth, all of the truth. This is why this is so important. How many of you, if I asked even before the sermon, have you been born again? How many of us would have raised our hands? How many, if I, if I simply had to ask, have you been saved? All of us would have raised our hands. But if I asked how many of us been born again, then how many of us would have raised our hands then? And you could just answer that to and for yourself. See why? Because many of us, because we don't understand the difference. We know what the what, what has been popular by man to administering the gospel, and it ain't what Jesus said. It's what man's interpretation. So we we said what Paul said, and while what Paul said is true, that yes, that we, uh, in order to be born again, in order for us to to take the truth of God's word, for us to so here's the here it is for us to wholeheartedly. Write that down. For us to wholeheartedly accept with uh, our whole heart and our life. See, to be born again means to give my whole heart and my life to God. We're going to walk very slow right here. See, to be born again simply means to give your whole heart and life to God. I'm going to say that again. Yeah, we're going to take our time right here. See, because many of us, will, we, we want to be saved. But to be saved, you have to be born again. And to be born again means that I have to give my whole heart. Somebody say whole heart. Not part heart, but my whole heart. And, somebody say and, and my life to God. See, that's what Jesus, Jesus got to the heart of the matter. <clears throat> Why? Because he was dealing with somebody like you and me. He was dealing with Nicodemus. You, you understand? He was dealing with somebody that had some the, theological uh, understanding. What is theology? What is theological understanding? Some understanding of man's interpretation of what God said. But Jesus was, just, and this is what, uh, hear what's going on here because uh, what did Nicodemus tell Jesus? That we can perceive that you are, he called him rabbi. We know that you are teacher come from God. See, that was his interpretation of who Jesus was. But he was wrong to, uh, with, with, uh, to the utmost. That Jesus was not a teacher come from God. Jesus was God coming to teach, my friend. And it's time, my friend, that we, the community of the church, and the community of the church ain't just us in this building or those that may be watching by social media, but it's the, the all that claim to be of Christ Jesus. That the enlightenment must come forth. 
that the light has to come on. And Jesus was saying here, my friends, that this takes more than you simply saying or repeating some words after the pastor. But this includes you giving your whole heart and life unto God. So now when I go back and I say that, see, there's a major, somebody say major, major, misunderstanding within the Christian community and culture that, w- that we somehow can think that when people, uh, you know, come and attend the church, when people like the message, when people pat the pastor on the back, when people give to the offering, are, that they are qualified. To enter God's kingdom. Jesus made it very clear, my friends, that you must be born again. That one must be born again. That one must be born again. See, to the to be in the kingdom of God, a person must be born of God's word and his spirit. See, we must be born of God's word and, and his spirit. So what, we, what God is speaking to us today and what he's challenging each and every one of us right in the depths of our own heart. See, this goes beyond us just saying some things or, or even intellectually believing some things see because uh the, there, there's many uh that, that is not to be just to intellectually believe that jesus is the son of god is not to be born again my friend and unfortunately there has been so many that have uh listed themselves as christians and even have some uh, hope, uh, and I'll say the word hope right now, uh, of, of entering into the kingdom based on some false sense of salvation. Because why? Because they have not been born again. And this is a price that is too high to, 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 to pay or this is a understanding that, that costs too much, my friends, for any of us, any one of us. And it doesn't matter if you are 10 years old or you are going on 80 years old. It don't matter what you thought. It matters what it is. The cost is too high, my friends. And I'll speak to you even from this standpoint because the real reality is, is this, is that there's... Well, let me just say this. Let's back up to chapter 2 in John chapter 3 because so we can really take a little deeper look at this. In chapter 2, so because somebody may be wondering, well, how did this all come about? We, we see that we're in chapter 3 and what happens at the beginning of chapter 3 that, that this man, Nicodemus, comes to Jesus. But let's look at the end of chapter 2, what sets chapter, the beginning of chapter 3 up. The end of chapter 2, the very last uh, verses, starting in verse 23, speaks of the discernment uh, or the discerner of the hearts. So what we're talking about is just what I said earlier, that Jesus got to the matter, I mean to the heart of the matter, because we are talking about matters of the heart, my friend. We are talking about a heart condition. In verse 23, John chapter 2, everybody with me. It says this, I'll wait for you to get there, John, uh, John 2, 23. Now when he was in Jerusalem, that's talking about Jesus, at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. Keep in mind, we just backing up because what we're backing up to is so we can see what truly was going on and what the word of God is actually speaking to us in Nicodemus coming to Jesus and Jesus making it very plain to him and to us today that in order for you to enter the kingdom that you must be born again. I'm going to start all over. Verse 23, it says, Now when he, Jesus, was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in, his, in him. 
or excuse me, in his name, when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus, but Jesus did not commit himself uh, to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man. For he, here it is, for he knew what was in man. For he knew what was in man. Well, wow, Pastor John, what does that really mean? Let us understand this first and foremost. The true Greek definition for the word believes suggests wholehearted commitment and trust. The true definition of believe. You see, it says that many believed in him. Right. But he didn't commit himself to with uh, this word believe here because the true definition of believe is it speaks or suggests his wholehearted commitment and trust. And Jesus knew that the belief that they had did not have a wholehearted commitment and trust. He knew, in other words, what am I saying? That it was an intellectual belief that was based on a desire that was in them. Why, a superficial, by the way, desire because they seen the signs and they wanted the food, they wanted this, they wanted that. They wanted to feed their flesh, my friends. Anyone who seeks the Lord with his whole heart will find him. See, it's, it's interesting because many believed in Jesus, but Jesus did not believe in them. People were following him for superficial reasons out of curiosity rather than commitment. Anyone who seek after the Lord will with their whole heart will find him. See, in Hebrews chapter 4, it speaks of that very thing that there is no creature that is hidden from the sight of God. God, Jesus is God. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him who we must give an account. Jesus cannot be fooled because he sees what is really in a person's heart, my friend. See, he sees what's really in our hearts. And I'm telling you, my friends, in the sad part, even for us. See, no, this message that God wants to speak to us, no, don't, this is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of information. Because with true information, the truth, what does the truth do, uh, Brother Payne? The truth, Jesus said it very simply, that it sets you free. And have truths or not knowing the truth or the ignorance of the truth do not set you free, my friend. And for many of us as people, we, want, we will plead the ignorance of not knowing the truth as though that is a means for us to be set free or not guilty but if any of you've ever been in the court even the world system don't work that way because they says ignorance is not excuse you go before the judge and say oh judge I didn't know that I couldn't drive 100 miles an hour down the freeway he gonna say guilty 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 the world system knows that he gonna say you didn't know oh he gonna say oh you was ignorant of the law then he's going to say, hit the gavel and say guilty. So even the world system knows that ignorance of truth does not set you free. It does not give you a pass. We like to think that. That is a lie and a trick of the enemy from way back. That he is embedded and planted in our hearts. To, uh, you know, and it's hard... It is, well, actually, I won't even say he didn't plan it. He, he, may, he may presented it, but we the one took it and embedded it in ours because this is, what, this is what the flesh does because it wants to feel a certain way about what it wants. And my flesh wants the, the ignorance. If I didn't know, I want to be able to plead I didn't know and go free. My flesh wants that. So we have to live and, and, and accept what the truth is, my friends. 
And Jesus knows the, every heart of every person. And see, and this is why he did not commit himself. The word of God says he didn't commit himself to them. What does that mean? That he, they believed in him, but he knew it was not wholeheartedly. He knew it was superficial. He knew it was not that belief that will birth you again. So he did not believe in them. Therefore, he did not commit himself to them, see. And so what are you saying, Pastor John, that the word of God is very clear? That while we don't know our own hearts, God does. See, the word of God tells us, you know, and it says very clear here that, that our hearts is so desperately wicked and deceitful that no man can know it. But it also says here that guess what? In Hebrews chapter 4, it tells that one that do know it, and that is God. Jesus himself, the spirit of the living God, they all one. That he knows our heart, my friend. So in other words, he knows what you don't know about what yourself. So he is the one that is the discerner of truth. He knows we may think with all within us. We can't even trust what what we think is what the truth will tell you. Is anybody here today that wants to just really receive the truth this morning see and I know to see the truth though the thing about the spiritual truth or God's truth it goes against every truth or everything that your flesh represents and stands for my friend see cause my flesh tells me I know my flesh tells me you don't uh, have to tell me that my flesh tells, uh, tells me, even if I don't say it with my mouth, my, it, it's, it's, it's welling in my heart that who she thinks he is. See, my flesh tells me all of these things. But our, the flesh is a lie. There's no truth in the flesh. This is why we must be born of the word of God and the spirit of God. See, to be born of the word of God means that I'm willing to give my whole heart and my life over to the Lord. So when, and he who seeks the Lord will find him. So in me finding him, then he's going to give me revelation through his word, through his spoken word, by the reading and the studying of his word, and even by the spirit of the living God that will speak directly to your heart. He'll speak to us in all these ways. In there. And he will reveal his truth unto you. That's why it says he who seeks him with his whole heart, you will find him. Now when you find him though, you can't measure your, your uh, flesh up against the spirit. To determine what the, if that's God or not. And that's what many people do is that we, we, we call ourselves seeking him with our whole heart. As soon as he gives a, a, us a glimpse in the spirit of who he is, then we reject it because our flesh don't bear witness to it. You must be born again. And this is a serious thing because Jesus himself was the first one that told the people that you must be born again. See, God used Peter, John, Paul, and the rest of them to tell us how and what that journey looks like. That we must believe in our heart. That we must confess with our mouth that he is Lord. God used them to, to testify of the one whom he has sent and to even write it but it all boiled down to us entering the kingdom that one must be born again why and guess who births you again that not Paul not Peter not yourself God and God alone is the one that birthed us again and the way that he does it is by his word and the spirit of the living God see to be born again don't mean that oh I can speak in tongues that's not born again my friend (laughs) 
No, the, to be born again meaning that I have given my whole heart and my, and my life. I've committed it to the Lord. For what? For him to have his way for the rest of my stay here. So this ain't no for him to have his way sometimes when my flesh is okay with it. But for him to have his way, I mean all the time. That, you, that I've given my life, my heart and my life to him for the rest of my stay here. That's what born again means. And so you can see very clearly, just like Jesus did, that he was the discerner of people that believed in him, but they for their own reasons. But at the same time, realizing you are not, I, ain't, I don't believe in you. I'm not committing myself to you because you are not born again. God has not birthed you again because God is the one that births you again. And he takes your heart that he knows that, by the way, that you don't. And then he does what is supernatural. He does something in the supernatural in there. And, he be, and that is where the birth, uh, uh, the being born again actually happens, my friends. If you read a little bit further in, in, in John 3, Jesus goes on to tell them uh, in verse 7, he says, Do you not marvel that I say to, to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot, come on somebody, tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So he's saying you can't know, but what God knows. Why? Because you ain't do it. Just like the wind, it's God that, that, that brings forth the wind and it goes only thing that you know, you know it's wind. We call it wind and we know, man, it's windy. It's a mug out there. Why do we know it? Because we see the manifestation. And see, when you are born again, this is what Jesus is saying. See, just like, uh, so you don't know when it happened. You just know that it has happened because you see the manifestation. See, because when the wind blows, it, it, you see trees bending over. You see stuff, dust flying. You see a paper tumbling down the road. You see, if you're in the desert, you see tumbleweeds going down the street. What do you see? You see the manifestation of a strong wind, my friend. And when you have been born again, glory be to God, the manifestation of the spirit living, moving, and having its being in your life will manifest itself. You won't know how or when, but you'll see it being glorified and offering God glory, glory, glory. You'll see it saying hallelujah, hallelujah. You'll see it praising God just like the angels around the throne, hallelujah. And the 24 elders, glory be to God. When you think and you look in the, 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 the Greek word for wind is the same Greek word for spirit. It, it, it's pneuma. Uh, no one can see the wind and which way it blows, only its effect. Similarly, no one can see the new birth happening, but the result of the, spirit, the spirit's life-changing work uh, is evident Oh, come on, somebody. It becomes evident in your life. Glory be to God. Not only to somebody else, but even to yourself. Hallelujah. We must be born again, my friend, to enter into his kingdom. And that is, that's it. And that's all. It ain't nothing else to say, my friend. And today, the question is for each and every one of us, have we been born again? Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And this is a truly, 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 truly a serious question that each one of us must ask ourselves. Let me just, let me just start here by saying this. 
because we want to make sure that everyone in this place is in right is in is is right with god so i need everyone to stay seated the reason for this is that so that you do not disturb come on somebody the hearing in the spirit as uh, to, of somebody else when you get up and move around you you might be it might just be in that moment that the the spirit of the lord is speaking and you don't want to be a distraction to that you don't want to disturb that you don't want to be rude glory be to god so as we listen for the spirit i'm talking about not collectively but individually right now i want to ask the question and i want you to answer it in and with yourself answer the question to yourself in your own heart no one will know so you can be honest about this question that i'm asking and the question is is this if you were to walk out of this church this morning headed towards your car and your heart stopped and you died right there on the spot would you go to heaven or hell Would you go to heaven or hell? That question is one that every one of us has to ask, answer within ourselves this morning. Just answer the question in your heart. Now our hearts can say a lot. Someone's heart may say to them, well, pastor, I, 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 I think... I will go to heaven. The problem with that is that there's nowhere in the word of God or in the, uh, the word of God itself that, that, that gives us a promise to enter into the kingdom of God with positive thinking. Just hope that, that I'm thinking positive enough that I'm going to make it in. And then there's some of us that, that, that would say that I hope that, I, that I, I'm, I'm hoping I would make it problem there my friends too because there's nothing in the word of God that gives you any security in, in, in a great hope of going to heaven some of us may say well uh, yes I'm going to go to heaven or, or think that I'll go to heaven because I'm a good person again nowhere in the Bible does it give us any promise or guarantee of going to heaven because we are a good Matter of fact, the word of God tells us there's none good. No, not one. So we're not going to make it just because we're a good person. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man comes unto him. Or comes unto the Father or comes unto except by me. So you can get to heaven your way. You can't get to heaven your way or my way. We can only get there by the means of which Jesus said. Only God's way. But then some of us at this point, point right now may be thinking, well, my mama and my daddy told me I was a Christian. They took me to Sunday school. Some of us may even say they took me to a cataclysm or, or the Sabbath school. They put St. Christopher around my neck or they gave me a cross to wear. They had me Christian or baptized as a young child. Why I always thought of myself as a Christian. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that your parents say what they say. And, and these things that they do that uh, to be, for you to be a Christian will get you into heaven, my friends. It is not in the Bible. It is not in the word of God. But wait a minute, because some of us may say, well, I don't understand. I joined my last church and I've, I've been to the church and I've been a, a leader of the church for, for umpteen years. I've been an usher at the church for umpteen years. My question would be, can you show me in the Bible where it is that if you go, uh, that you're going to heaven if you are usher? Or just because you're usher, just because you was in leadership. 
some of us might even say, well, well, someone told me that if I knew Jesus, then that, that, then that makes me a Christian. There's a big difference between knowing him in your head and believing him in him in your heart. Jesus went to the cross, my friend, so that he could, that, so that you and me could go to heaven. Tell us exactly how and how to get there. He tells us that in John chapter three, what we just said: you must be born again. Born again is a statement that rubs some people the wrong way. Like I said before, because we have been taught that born again uh, people are, can be weird or fanatics. We see them on TV and they look strange and act strange. Hollywood does uh, not, does a good job of making them, uh, you know, uh, making fun of Jesus. Even you know the word be uh, because the Jesus and his word because most people in America churches don't know what born again means. Don't know. What born again means from the beginning to the end of the word of God, the Bible, God is looking for all of your heart and all of your life. Yes, all of your heart and all of your life. You see, it is all or nothing with Jesus. See, we're talking about being born again, my friends. See, man has made these ways for us to be able to compromise all or nothing to make us believe that somehow we can give half of our heart to the Lord and then the rest of it follow the world system. Today, my friends, today is the day that God is speaking to every one of us. And don't fool yourself and don't get caught up in the fact that you've been in the church, you've been a leader, you've been this and what, you, and what you've done. No, God is calling you to be born again today. To be born again, my friends. Because Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, the only way into heaven, he says that one must be born again. And for me, I don't want to take the chance of uh, what my mama said I was and, and her good intentions for my life because she had good intentions. She did it for hers. She was born again. And all that she did for me was to set me up that one day I may come to the knowledge of truth and understand that I must be born again. And I imagine it's the same for each and every one of us. So our childhood baptism ours blessing or whatever they call it I said it earlier you know when our Christian dedication of our babies that's not being born again my friend is it a good thing to do to get your kids on the right track and to get the godparents and the family members because see if you do a proper uh, child dedication then it, it incorporates even from it goes back to Deuteronomy I do them all the time and in, in, in the word of God it is proper to dedicate your children because the dedication of your children is not birthing them again it is uh, having the family members the godparents agree that they will do all this in their power and they will to teach that child or point them towards Jesus because it, it prepared them for that day that God wants to birth them again hallelujah today today my friends the spirit of the Lord is speaking And the thing about it is if you're going to get right with God and know that you are right with God. See, the word of God says in 1 John chapter 5 that you can know that you have eternal life. Not that you have to hope. Not that you have to think. Not that you have to lean on what, what, what mama did or somebody else's did to, 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 to make you feel like you have eternal life, but that you can know that you have eternal life. And the only way for you to know 
that you have eternal life is to be born again. It's to commit your whole heart and your life to the Lord Jesus, the one whom God has sent. And again, your mama, your daddy, your husband, your wife cannot do this for you. And if you don't know that you've done this from the bottom of your heart, see, if you don't know, if you think that you did it, then you need to do it. If you're hoping that you've done it, then you need to do it. And believe me, in, 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 in being born again, if you've already been born again, then guess what? You ain't going to be born again again. So if you're not sure that you was born again and you commit and you want to be born again, then if you was born again, then you ain't got to worry about it. But the problem is, is if you think that you was born again and you wasn't born again, you got a problem, my friend. If you're going to get right with God, and become truly born again you're going to have to give God all of your heart and life notice I said give because he is not going to come and steal it he's not going to come and jack it out of your hands he's not going to take it this is what you have to give as he's opened his hands to receive your heart and your life today today as we sung the song this morning in praise and worship I won't go back I won't go back and then even the, the songs after that we sung what was the next song after that I love the Lord falling in love with Jesus that was it and as we sung the song falling in love with Jesus as some of you have heard me say this before you know God is wanting to one of the manifestation of being born again is even how we worship and I ain't talking about where you may be today but where he's wanting to take you in your worship see because God revealed to me this must have been six five or six years ago and I've been you know loving the Lord and born again and all that but God will continue to grow you because it was only about five or six years ago that he showed me the, uh, and he used as a dynamic have anybody ever had a little baby or seen a little child that uh you know was scared or, or something that happened and they want to be picked up by their mother or their father or their brother their sister their uncle have you ever seen that what, is, what does that look like? Does, do, does it look like this? My friends, when the little baby comes up to you, do it do, do like this? Pick me up. Crying out. Does it even do like this? No, it does like this. today and you want to be born again raise your hands up to, 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 to Jesus right now raise your hands all the way up to Jesus stretch them out if you want to be born again 
If you're not even sure that you was born again. If you just think and hope that you were born again and don't know for certain, it ain't worth taking the chance, my friends. And we're not going to take that chance. Everybody that raised their hands up, stand up on your feet and come to the front because you're going to be born again right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come, thank you, Jesus. If you think that you, if you didn't raise your hand and you ain't sure that you have actually been born again, my friend, it's not worth taking a chance. Being baptized by the water don't mean that you've been born again. Being born again means that I've committed my whole heart and my life unto the Lord this morning. Do you want to be born again today? Hallelujah.